Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer out of the uh, home office today along with Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Momentarily, uh, we will hook up with our headliner today, and that is Randy Gregg about a new baseball enterprise uh, that will be playing out of Remax Field. And it's a different one, so uh, we're going to need to get educated on it. Drew Remenda from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers as well, coming down the pipe at 135. We'll have NHL today for elite promotional marketing as well as the Oilers injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers all in the next half hour of the show as we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. And we are joined by five-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, two-time University Cup champion, and a member of the uh, multiple uh, Canadian Olympic teams as well. We welcome back to the show Dr. Randy Gregg. Randy, it's Bob. How you doing? Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I got a, uh, a heads up from Steve Hogel, who uh, for about 18 months was my boss before he went to go work uh, for the Priestners in Saskatoon about uh, new baseball endeavor, uh, the Edmonton Riverhawks. And you're going to be the managing director for this team. Uh, they are in the West Coast League. Tell us about how this all came to fruition. Yeah, so first of all, my role will be as uh, managing director. It's a volunteer position, and I always tell people that if you're volunteering, they can't fire you. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in that position, I think. Uh, you know, a long time ago, uh, a lot of us played baseball down at, uh, at REMAX Field and Telus Field and before that. And we realized that a city the size of Edmonton deserves a great facility like Rogers Place for, uh, for NHL hockey, 
They deserve a great field like Como Field for, for the Eskimos. And they also deserve a great uh, baseball facility as well. And we've noticed over the years that the baseball facility is being kind of neglected a little bit. And, uh, and the city was also, a number of people in council were concerned that with only about 1,500 people going to watch the games, that in fact the city may just take that facility down and put condominiums there. And I think most sporting fans in the community realize that, that we do deserve a great facility, but it has to be run properly, it has to be kept up. Uh, and we have to get many more fans than just 1,500 or 2,000 uh, uh, people. So uh, we put together a group of about 20 people, and uh, some are business people. I've got an orthopedic surgeon. We've got former principals, teachers, mothers, former uh, Olympians, people who have a real vested interest in the, in the city of Edmonton. We're all Edmontonians to try to bring this up to the level that uh, we think that uh, Edmontonians deserve. You know, Randy, I was a uh, hard school baseball rotisserian back in the late 80s, early 90s. I was in multiple baseball fantasy pools at that time until uh, the 94 uh, season, you know, where the Expos were in first place and Bo Jackson was my favorite athlete of all time. He'd had a big year with the California Angels that year playing with an artificial hip, and then it just ended, and they just stopped the year. They never got back to playing. And, and I mean, I used to read Baseball America all the time. And I, 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 how long has the West Coast League been around? This, this, uh, tell us about this, this premier collegiate summer league because I, I don't remember it years ago when I was sitting there on Baseball America checking out who the hot shot prospects were, specifically in double A, because usually they jump from double A to the show if they're really good. So how, tell us about the league that the Edmonton Riverhawks are going to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, we were really hoping to be able to work with them in the prospects and keep them involved in the city. They've done a, a reasonably good job uh, promoting the baseball was good. Uh, but as you know, the uh, the prospects are moving out to Spruce Grove. We welcome them to, to put together a beautiful facility. We really hope they do a good job out there. Spruce Grove is a, a great baseball hub, so hopefully that will work, work out well for them. But what that meant is it meant that the uh, Remax Field, this iconic baseball facility, probably not a better facility for baseball in Western Canada, uh, would stay black and, and empty for uh, for the next number of years. So we uh, did our due diligence, and we uh, we started to contact the West Coast League. The West Coast League has been around for 20 years. Um, there are four teams in British Columbia and 10 teams in the Western United States. Uh, two of the teams are owned by John Stanton of the Seattle Mariners. Another team is supported by the Knight Foundation of uh, Nike fame. Uh, so there's some really, really strong uh, uh, foundations there. These franchises are well-supported, and uh, it's really, really good baseball. Of interest, there's two statistics that are quite amazing. Uh, 90 players that were drafted in the 2019 Major League Baseball draft had played in the West Coast League. And in start, starting uh, opening day for uh, MLB this year, four of the starting pitchers had played in the West Coast League. So we really think that we're going to bring in a number of players that, although they're still summer collegiate level, that someday we're going to look back and say, boy, I saw that guy who's playing with Oakland or Los Angeles or Kansas City. I saw him when he played in Edmonton. Uh, we know that professional baseball is contracting, and so to get a semi-professional team here might be very difficult. So the, the next best thing, and I think even better thing, is to see these young players when they're hungry, they're excited, uh, they want to get better, they want to be drafted, and become stars in Major League Baseball. So, you know, there were prominent NCAA bas uh, baseball programs. Texas, that's where Roger Clemens played. Uh, you know, Reggie Jackson played at Arizona State for Bobby Winkles. Florida's a powerhouse the last several years in NCAA. Are, are these guys going to school, playing at these schools during 
the year, and then they end up uh, end up playing in your league in the in the summer. Is that kind of how uh, the West Coast League works? Is is it players of that caliber? Exactly. Yeah. So one of the concerns down if you've ever been in Arizona in the summertime at 120 degrees, it's too uh, hot. Players like to play baseball, but they'd love to come up to our beautiful. Uh, community here in Edmonton, uh, they're coming up to uh, to enjoy the, the culture, to enjoy the city, but also to play some baseball, get some reps, get more swings, pitch. Uh, these players are totally committed because rather than just coming up for a social visit, uh, they want to get better. All of them will be looking at being drafted, and so we get a very, very committed group of players. Uh, this won't be an easy league. The, the, uh, we're coming in as an, a new franchise, uh, as is uh, Kamloops. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to try to be strong and be competitive. But I, I think the fans will really enjoy the quality of baseball they're going to see. Secondarily, of course, as one of the nice uh, five years down the line to say, God, I saw that fellow when he was playing with the Ebony Riverhawks. Yeah, and again, the River Hawks will be playing at Remax Field. Twenty-seven home games, twenty-seven on the road. That's a fifty-four game schedule. Do you have to recruit? Do you recruit the players? How does it, how, how do you end up getting the players from the various schools? Yeah, it's a really good question. Actually, uh, first of all, we have a coaching staff right now. We'll be announcing our coaching staff, which will be quite amazing. You'll be really, really excited to hear that the coaching staff we do have. But right now, they're they've got contacts in many of the uh, Division One NAI schools down in the states. And it's not a difficult uh, task to try to recruit people. Again, it's very, very hot down there in the southern United States. Uh, they want to come up. They want to get good coaching, get a chance to, to get their reps in and, and see a different part of the world. So we're pretty excited that the recruiting part is good. But after saying that, you know, I'm not American. I'm Canadian, and I'm, I'm proudly Canadian. I hope that what we can do is start to develop a feeder system so that we can get our young Canadian ball players who go down. In fact, there's 700 Canadian players that are playing down in the American schools. Wouldn't it be nice for them and maybe someday half or three-quarters of our team being young Canadians playing at a really elite level? We're joined by Baseball Edmonton's Managing Director, Dr. Randy Gregg, uh, part of the Edmonton River Hawks organization that's joining the West Coast League. Randy, you're, you, you only got a couple of years on me. Uh, you're a lot better athlete than I was. I lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to have played football or hockey. That's primarily what I played. I played a little bit of uh, uh, baseball. How much actual, when you were growing up, uh, you know, how much diversification of sport did you have as a kid? And do you think, you know, are we missing something because there's been so much special uh, specialization, especially with hockey with kids over the last several years? Well, that's a really good question, uh, Bob. And I think a lot of people, uh, not only in the sporting realm, but also in the medical realm, are looking at that. You know, to have a 13-year-old who's playing only one sport uh, is in some cases appropriate, in some cases a real difficulty. These young adolescents are developing their skill, their coordination, their balance, but also their growth plates are starting to fuse. And I know back when we were younger, of course, I played every sport. In fact, baseball was my sport. Uh, the problem was, as I mentioned today in the press conference, you know, to be able to go down to the United States on a baseball scholarship was kind of impossible because I was already in medical school. So I decided to, to put my efforts to a slightly different sport. Um, that seemed to work out fairly well. Um, but baseball has been a passion for a lot of us. And, you know, how many people that you know, uh, older or younger, who haven't taken a bat in their hands at school or in the community league and played the game? It's a wonderful game. It's a great social game. And, uh, you know, our, our criteria are not only to bring up a really, really good level of baseball to, uh, you know, entertain our fans, but to work with community groups and organizations, businesses, to make sure it's a really strong entertainment experience for people to come. 
The third part is to bring young kids in. Wouldn't it be nice to get all our softball kids and our girls and boys and the baseball players come in and get a chance to play in this facility? I mean, I've been to Remax a hundred times, and I went there today, and my heart starts to pound a little bit. It's such a fantastic facility, and we should be inclusive rather than exclusive with its use. You know, uh, we've had uh, Wayne Gretzky return to the Oilers organization over the last four years. He's uh, been with us probably about a third of the time on the road, spoke glowingly about uh, your involvement with the Oilers. Kevin Lowe was always the same way, talked about what a, what a special teammate uh, you were. I got a question for you, though. As a guy that's a doctor, uh, this Hub City situation, uh, you know, it's it's crazy what the world's gone through with the pandemic, but just can you even envision how challenging it's been for the players in this environment and to be poked and prodded and 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 be away from their families that we had todd nelson on from the dallas stars earlier today three months away now it's uh, it's been pretty remarkable to watch the nhl playoffs hasn't it, randy and you've got a lot of experience playing a lot of playoff games at a high level you know your comments are well taken because uh, although you know when you get a puck in the face, a little poking and prodding is not your major concern. Those guys are big, strong athletes, and that's not the concern. But realistically, I know as a fan, you know, at 7 o'clock, I turn on the TV, there's the, the hockey game. Well, that's when their life starts, but it really doesn't. And when you go on a 7- or 10-day road trip and you've got young kids at home, I know it, it breaks your heart not to be there. I can't imagine a three-month road trip going to the Stanley Cup Finals, which, of course, every athlete wants to get to. But I think those are the intangibles that uh, the regular fan doesn't see, how difficult it will be to be away from family uh, for that long. I, I really applaud them. Uh, they're great athletes, and they're really committed to do that. Uh, after saying, you know, the comments about Kevin and, and Wayne, you know, I, I can't believe looking back on the opportunity to be around people, leaders like Kevin and Wayne and Mark Messier, the things that we learn, not from the medical standpoint, but we learn to be a part of a great team. And uh, I've tried to espouse that to my young players that I've coached over the years in baseball. But uh, unless you actually experience it, what it's like to have these amazing leaders uh, in your midst in the dressing room, you know, it was a special time. I think we took, took it for granted, and looking back on it, we think, well, those were special times, not only for the fans in Edmonton, but also for each of us players. You remembered, uh, or you mentioned the fact that you coached, and we'd be remiss without, you know, I did the Alberta Golden Bears, as you know, for 13 years. They won six national championships during those years. I grew up watching Claire's... Uh, uh, teams and I remember always having technical conversations with guys in hockey and they're like, stop, it's not about the technical, it's about the personal. It's about how he handled the players and how he was ahead of his time and how he treated players with respect and dignity and how it, how he wanted to ensure that players, you know, they didn't want to fail him because they treated or he treated them so well. Uh, you had a lot of experience with Claire over the years uh, at the U of A on that national team back in 1980. Uh, how much of some of his teachings, from a philosophical perspective, did you have you applied at uh, your coaching level over the years, and and as a parent as well, Randy? I want to be brutally honest. Uh, I was a very mediocre player. <laughs> There's no question about that. And I had the opportunity to play under Claire Drake for four years, and he took a very mediocre player and made him slightly less mediocre, but understanding the game, loving the technique, the strategy, the beauty of the game of hockey. Our practice-to-game ratio was beautiful. We practiced five times, played twice. It was not unusual. First of all, in the first year with Claire Drake, we said nothing to him because we were in such awe. By the time I was a fourth-year player, I was one of the captains. And I went to Claire Drake at the end of the year, and I said, Claire, 
we ha- I never called him Clark. I called him Coach. Of course, I respect him too much to call him by his first name. But I said, Coach, you probably know 10,000 drills, and every day we practice the same five drills. We have 45-minute practices. We could practice for three hours. Why do you do that? Why do you only have five drills? And Coach Drake looked at me and said, that's all you need. And there what he meant go. was is if you know those five skills, one-on-one drills, angling, uh, all the, the, the very specific important aspects of hockey, you'll become a great team. I still can't call him clear to his face. He's passed away, of course, but until his, his death, he commands so much respect, and not by intimidation, but by knowing that if you work as hard as I do, you'll become successful. So a lot of us in hockey look back and say we would not ever have had a chance to play at the level that we have been able to without the influence of Claire Drake. And he was certainly ahead of his time, was he not, in terms... I mean, Glenn Sather was a master motivator and a great pro coach, but just from a, a human level, he was Claire was not a man who believed in breaking people down and building them up. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's easy for us to say, and it's very cliché to say that the dressing room is really important, but until you actually be in a dressing room where the leader of that team has instilled those types of qualities you're talking about, we just don't know what a dressing room is. It is magical. It really is. And when you get 20 players uh, that are educated, that are focused, uh, motivated, and then you get somebody like a Claire Drake who can really direct them in such a positive manner, it, it's a really special moment of our lives. Randy, we wish you the best of luck as part of uh, Baseball Edmonton, bringing the Edmonton Riverhawks uh, into uh, the West Coast League. Uh, thank you for taking time to join us here on Oilers Now. Well, thanks for your help, and we look forward to seeing people down to enjoy the baseball. Great stuff. That is Dr. Randy Gregg. Uh, again, the Edmonton Riverhawks, Edmonton's home for the West Coast League, the premier collegiate summer league. They'll play out of Remax Field starting in June 2021. They play a 54-game schedule, 27 home, 27 on the road. we got a lot to get to when we return. It's 122 at Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chet. Again, it was a pleasure having former Oilers, five-time Stanley Cup champion, Olympian, uh, multiple University Cup champion, Dr. Randy Gregg, part of baseball, Edmonton, bringing the Edmonton Winterhawks uh, to town. Interesting uh, proposition for those guys. Going to be very intrigued to see how that goes. Uh, Randy was our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. Off now to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. They've got face masks for everyone. Visit their online face mask shop by going to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Back at the 630 Chad Studios, Brendan Escott. Breaking as we were on the air, Bob. Jonas Brodeen, defenseman in Minnesota, has re-upped seven years, $6 million per. That's a total of $42 million. That starts in the 2021 wow. 22 season, six million per for Brodeen, man. That's a lot. Well, and he, you know what? I know he's got the good numbers, but he doesn't put up points. You know, it's an interesting buy-in from uh, Billy Guerin. For the first time in two decades, if you're late to the show, uh, Dallas Stars are going back to the Stanley Cup final. Denis Gurianov scored 336 and overtime to knock off Vegas in just five games. Tampa will bring their own 3-1 series lead into a do-or-die game five for the New York Islanders tonight. Puck drop just after 6 p.m. here on 6.30. Chet. Washington Capitals have their bench boss as well. They hired Peter Laviolette as the 
19th head coach in franchise history, and they signed him to a reported three-year contract worth just under $15 million. 55-year-old with 18 years of experience as a bench boss. Uh, Colorado's first-rounder from 2018, Martin Kaut, is off to the Czech League to start this season, and the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2020 was named yesterday. Features former NHLers Tony Granato and Jerry York, former championship-winning coach at North Dakota, Dean Blaze, and four-time U.S. Olympian Jenny Potter. All right. Uh, I know there's some people that have been asking in Texas on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing you winning results for over 35 years at 780-496-0063. Bob uh, says, Frank, in a text, the uh, Oilers have placed multiple players from the American Hockey League into Europe. What's going on with Tyler Benson and Cooper Marodi? Uh, stay tuned. I could foresee something happening from those guys in the next, uh, certainly within the next week. Uh, there's teams in Switzerland, teams in Austria. Uh, the orders have placed players in Sweden. Uh, obviously, Evan Bouchard's over there. We know that Broberg theoretically could be there for the year. Uh, lots going on, and you got to be creative and bide your time. Uh, and the Oilers, uh, Bakersfield Condors today announced that they have, they're going to bring back Ryan Stent. We talked about the fact last week that we could foresee a veteran AHL defenseman coming back in on an AHL deal. Well, that will be Ryan Stanton, uh, that will play down in Bakersfield. They've also signed, uh, Graham McPhee, the son of George McPhee, the president of the Vegas Golden Knights. He played at Boston College the last four years. If we go from, NHL today for elite promotional marketing to the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. No update at this time on Ben Bishop of the Dallas Stars. Brendan Escott's going to jump back into the fray here. Uh, we know that uh, no expectation in the short term as well with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Steven Stamkos. What else we got going on? Well, we know that Stamkos, he did practice with the Lightning yesterday, but John Cooper says, quote, when he's even close to ready, I'll give you an update. So uh, Cooper did add, though, that Stamkos has been a real leader off the ice for this group throughout the playoffs. So still making contributions there, but it doesn't sound like he's uh, anywhere near uh, the ice in the game action realm of things. Islanders winger Tom Kunackle left the bubble. He's out for the rest of the playoffs. Casey Sezikis had to do the same thing to that's get surgery. That's, yeah. a big, that's a big one from them. I mean, they're really good at center. Big loss for Casey Sezikis. That's uh, for surgery on an upper body injury, so he's obviously done for the rest as well. Um, quickly on Dallas, Rupe Hintz did play last night. He was a game-time decision. Faxa, Stephen Johns, Ben Bishop all remained out, and they all remain without updates. Yeah, Bishop and Fax. I think Fax is probably, well, right now, can you go to Bishop? I think you got to kind of keep riding Hudobin. Uh, Fax is an interesting player. Uh, I, I'm surprised how much they played Jason Dickinson in Dallas. Uh, to me, Fax is the better player, the better prospect. It is 128 in Edmonton. We're going to step out. Uh, Drew Remenda coming up today at about 133 from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.